Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week on Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. The G1 is underway, and if night one was any indication, it's going to be an unpredictable month of wrestling in New Japan. We will look back at night one in Big D and some of the outstanding matches, including Osprey Archer, Ibushi Kenta, and Okada Tanahashi. But that wasn't the only wrestling in Dallas last weekend. Impact's Slammiversary was a wild pay-per-view, with the women arguably stealing the show. We will discuss that and break down other great matches from that show. WWE goes extreme this weekend, but what matches at Extreme Rules are Kelsey and I excited about? And AEW is ready for its next event as they travel to Jacksonville for Fight for the Fallen. We will tell you what we're looking forward to seeing in person this weekend. Plus, we interview the artist behind the Two-Faced logo with a chance for you to win some of his exclusive artwork from StarCast 2. A tropical storm is bearing down on us in Louisiana, but it won't stop us from talking wrestling next. WrestlingInc.com brings you Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, the podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in-depth on NJPW, AEW, ROH, PWG, and more. Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future. Now, here's your host, Kelsey. Hi, and welcome to Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. I'm joined, as I am every week, by my co-host, Paul. Yep, we are back from Dallas, about to uh, head to Jacksonville, and in between, we're uh, making preparations for, well, if, you, if you're to believe the news, a, a big storm is coming, other people are downplaying it, but either way, we got a tropical storm or something like it hitting New Orleans here in the next couple days. We won't be here to experience it, so... No. It's <laughs> so, cool when the wind blows outside, Yeah, but, but we don't want any flooding, no. Well, no flooding, and we just had a bunch of it in New Orleans from a big rainstorm on uh, Tuesday, I think that was? Yeah. Um, no, it, Wednesday. Yeah, it was Wednesday, you're right. And if, if you're in the north or the midwest and you don't know much about hurricanes, you know, as bad as the storms are and the damage they cause, when you live in the south... During the summer, the worst part about the hurricane is the storm comes and goes and you lose the power and there's no air conditioning for three days. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah it's awful. Like, you literally just can't sleep. It really is terrible. <laughs> like, I remember this one time, like, the electricity was out for, like, four days. Oh, my God, it was the worst. No TV, just a radio, sweating. We open up the front door and it's hot out there, too. It's like, this sucks. There's nowhere to get cool. There's, like, one house I knew of around because sections were getting power back at a time, and I had to go over to the house. I'm going to date myself to a hurricane. 
uh, it would have been like 2003 when I was living in Orlando and I had just busted up my ribs. So the hurricane goes through town. I've got this huge bandage on my ribs because I had dislocated my ribs and I literally just sat in the sweltering heat with this wrap on drinking Jim Beam and watching the Olympics on an old Sony Watchman. Did you ever have one of those or see one of those? The little two inch battery powered TVs? No, I'm yeah. young. I did not have one of those. <laughs> well, I'm sure you heard of them. 2003, you would have at least seen those. Those still existed yes, then? They did. Okay, Anyways, whatever. I watched the Olympics in pain, drinking lots of Jim Beam in the sweltering heat. It was not fun. I don't know, maybe you shouldn't have been dumb and went river rafting. Well, yeah. And fell out. Uh, well, I can tell that whole story. I totally blame the guide. A boat, okay. boat, a boat full of high school girls in the boat in front of us made it through the rapids just fine. <laughs> so Story for another day. Yeah, well, I'll just blame it on you. Yeah, well, that's fine. I blame it on my buddy Joe, then. If, if I can't blame the guide, I'll blame my buddy. I'll blame Joe, too. I'd rather blame him. <laughs> Let's do that. But if you guys are like us and you enjoy traveling, Paul just talked about a trip where he went rafting. We were just talking about how we just went to Dallas. You can do some traveling with Wrestling Travel, our great sponsor. We're so proud to be associated with them. Go to wrestlingtravel.org, and they will help you get to one-of-a-kind wrestling events. And that includes All Out. That includes Wrestle Kingdom, flipping two days in Japan. Uh, actually, it's more than two days, but the event itself is right. is two days this time, and it's going to be incredible. And you get to hang out with Fat-Ass Masa. <laughs> I think that's really neat. I've said that week after week, but I mean, that's one of the coolest things of that particular package, i got to say. And you'd be witnessing history in general. Plus, if you like WWE a lot, they've got Royal Rumble packages, and they just released more info on their WrestleMania package. And I think that's really cool. There's some options on that one that you should check out again go to wrestlingtravel.org and also you can go and find them on social media at wrestling travel support them because they are a great supporter of our show and uh, they've got some great packages they've lowered some prices on some things make sure you check them out uh social media where can we find kelsey at superkickingit, S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T. Follow me on there. Let's superkick it together. It'll be a superkick party. <laughs> and you can find Two Face Wrestling Talk at Two Face Pod or TwoFacePod.com. Yep. So uh, let's get to uh, what was a fun weekend in Dallas. I gotta say, two great shows in Dallas and it- a ton of beer. Yeah. <laughs> it was like so much beer. Yeah. I mean, I had six beers the night of Slammiversary. And they were all really good. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, remember the trip started. You saw or heard our interview with Beer City Bruiser. We were in Milwaukee last week. Right. Went from Milwaukee to Dallas specifically for the two wrestling shows and for a soccer shoot I had to do. But uh, the two wrestling shows were the G1 and Impact Slammiversary, which we'll get to in a minute. But we're going to start with the uh, G1 in Dallas. Initial thoughts on uh, the environment and the show as a whole. So the environment was rowdy, and that's no surprise because this is like, gosh, it has to be at least my fourth or fifth New Japan show in the U.S., and I've enjoyed every one of them because the crowd is so into it, and that really adds a lot as a fellow audience member, and I think people at home like it too. So all around, it's a really good time, and the crowd adds to it. Having said that, yes, they were loud, but I feel like they were lacking in size. There was a lot of empty seats, and that kind of upset me. However, people have pointed out, well, it's in Dallas, which, you know... 
I think it was a decent turnout considering where it was, and they, they haven't really run there in the South, so it's kind of like a hard place to draw right now, mm-hmm. I think. But also, uh, you know, there was all, all these situations with them selling tickets, and it, it was just a hard thing, but all things being said, I think they did decently well. Yeah, I never saw an official attendance. I figured it was about a 6,000 crowd, something like that. Obviously, you would like it to be bigger, but people have also brought out a good point that, you know, we, we kind of got spoiled with that age of, of all wrestling shows are sold out. And that's not the way it is. You know, WWE has reduced crowds. But I think that's more reflective of the product right now. G1 is kind of getting a foothold in the United States. And look, even the... the that was the first G1 show right. in the U.S., yeah, for sure. But even the other New Japan shows out on the West Coast, you know, last year when they ran some shows where they didn't really bring many of their stars, remember, because of the visa issues. That could have hurt sales a little bit. Could have. So, all in all, I wasn't overly disappointed in the crowd. You know, I thought, you know, when you saw the wide shot on TV, I thought it looked good on TV. I don't think it was bad. But you know what? Having said the crowd was a little disappointing for the Dallas show, I think their loop in the Northeast is going to be pretty darn great of a turnout. I think they could sell out all three well, shows. Well, all smaller buildings. So I well, think, and iconic venues. Yeah, yeah, so that's going to be cool. That was one of the big announcements at the show this weekend that they announced that uh, there will be shows in the Northeast, in New York, Philadelphia, and Boston. Yeah, uh, and like in Philly, they're going to be in the ECW arena. Yeah. And they're going to be at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Like, come on. I wish we could go. <laughs> yeah. So bad. Yep. So bad. Of course, that's right in the middle of football season for yeah, us. So we can't go. But uh, it should be a lot of fun. And those shows are going to be awesome and hot crowds as well. But this show, I thought the crowd was really into it. And New uh, I, I do want to circle back. A lot of people, uh, you know, brought up, you know, why, why Dallas? Well, remember, Mark Cuban owns the Dallas Mavericks, owns Access TV, or is a stakeholder in Access TV on DirecTV, which is where New Japan airs. So it was a chance to bring his product to his home arena on his home network. So that's kind of the basis behind that. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, to the show itself, and we'll start with the early action, and we talk about this all the time. Everybody does tag team matches leading up to future events. Nobody seems to do it as well as New Japan. And and one of the first matches was uh, Ishii and Shota versus Cobb and Morita. And they set up this future showdown between Cobb and Ishii. That will be happening this weekend. It might have already happened if you're listening to this podcast later than Friday or Saturday or Sunday. But but, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. As of right now of our recording, we have not seen it. It's going to be happening soon in the future and man their stare down and their like interaction they were just dying to get at each other yeah the they run into each other off the ropes i mean those collisions were great two beasts yeah i i i can't wait for that match uh other tag team matches you know kind of set the stage you know yanu i thought was interesting got a huge pop from the the uh the dallas crowd I love Yanu. <laughs> yeah. He started undoing the turnbuckle cover, and I was like, classic Yanu. <laughs> and everyone loved it. And then I loved, uh, in that six-man tag, uh, Naito eventually got the corner pad, and he got, like, this big grin. Like, he was evilly going to use it. Yeah, and he I was going to turn was... the tables on Yanu kind of thing. But, of course, Yanu, uh, some sh- chicanery, got the low blow on Bushi and, and got the win. And I, I love Juice picking up the little crowd kid as he's going back up the ramp, and the kid's screaming in terror and... Juice How did you even see him uh, screaming from our seats? I could just tell the kid didn't look happy. I don't 
don't know. I don't think I could tell that. Everything was cool. He was holding up the baby. And, like, this brings me back to this whole A+, plus, B+, plus conversation about Juice. Juice was flipping over in this show, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone in the arena was like, ah, juice, juice, juice. So my friend John, big paws on a pup, you're wrong, he's an A player. And the crowd <laughs> truly thought that and agreed with me. Not John. They didn't agree with him at all. And we've seen it in person uh, already, but uh, another uh, great salute to Liger as he exited uh, the arena. Uh, the Dallas crowd saluting him as well. And when he entered, he got a huge pop both mm-hmm. going into the ring and leaving. I love that. But that's no surprise. You know, we saw that at G1 Supercard. We've seen it many times for Liger. He's really a legend and always will be. But alas, it's his last year. Uh, other early, The show kicked off, by the way, Rapungi 3K versus G.O.D. I love Tom Tonga's antics. And the crowd was almost 50-50 split. They really liked both teams. Yeah. But... Tom Tonga just, gosh, I know I say it so much. He's just so awesome. The heel work he does and the, the smoothness. Intera- yeah, the interaction with the crowd is always so good. The stuff he says to the crowd, he's just awesome. I really love him a lot. Uh, and then, of course, to me, our first G1 match, that was my match of the night. Yeah. And that was Osprey versus Archer. Archer comes out with a flipping completely new look. He's got this crazy red hair. I was like, oh, he looks so bad, eh? And you're like... It's weird. <laughs> you I, thought the hair was weird. I didn't think it was as intimidating as he used to be. I think it was more intimidating. Really? I don't know. But we saw the water again, and he, after he spit out the water, he closed his water bottle and threw it on the ground, and it bounced up like a billion <laughs> feet in the air. It bounced so high. People were like, oh, there was some kind of bouncing material in that water bottle. <laughs> I don't even know what material they yeah, said. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is. They, they were like, there's rubber in there or something. Uh, and I love, as soon as Archer comes to the ring, he just belts a young lion, uh, very Suzuki-esque. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that makes sense. Yeah. He's a part of Suzuki Goon, so that's awesome. I really, I just loved how it seemed like Archer was kind of transforming his whole persona in a way. I mean, he still was like the same old Archer, but just different. And I think that's good in what he needs to do if he's breaking away and going the singles route now that, you know, Junior is gone. He's got to stand out and be different if he's going to get this singles push, which clearly, with the results of the match, spoiler, <laughs> Osprey lost. Yeah. And Archer won, which is a huge, huge win for Archer. So I think that, that shows that they're serious about him as a singles guy. Well, I like Lance Archer a lot, and his his personality, his look, his athleticism, I, I like him a lot. And he did some things in this match. There was one point where Will chops Archer, and we could hear from the seats, <laughs> Archer yells, you effed up now. Yeah. <laughs> and then later, Archer caught Osprey and choke slammed him through that table, which was an awesome, brutal, like over the railing under the table. Uh, it was funny f- from our perspective. You you saw the American announced team. You saw the other announced team. And there was just, or no, I'm sorry, not the other announced team, the ring, an- ring announcer's table. And there was just this empty table. And I it didn't even cross my mind. Like, why is that just sitting there? They're going to use it, that's why. And sure enough, they used it. That crazy Spanish fly off the top. Oh, yeah. That was nuts. (laughs) Uh, I I thought, uh, you know, they they sold it well. They always do in Japan anyways, but they barely beaten the 20 count when they were way up on the ramp. I thought that was good. That was really good. And, uh, man, you know, it reminded me of that Jeff Cobb spot back at... Or was that Keith Lee? I'm sorry. It reminds me of that Keith Lee PWG match. Archer basically shoulder checked Osprey, sending him flying oh, yeah, across yeah. the ring. Remember how crazy he flew? Yeah, it was like he's a feather. Yeah, Osprey goes flying. Like, that was nuts. Like he weighed nothing. Honestly, that was my favorite match of the whole show. Yeah. So good. And really. 
really, I am going to eat my words because I was criticizing saying they already met once. How is this match going right. to live up to it? But to tell you the truth, it exceeded their last match. And I, I really love their last match. I just thought, how much more different stuff can they do? You know, Archer's, Archer's such a big guy. To me, I'm thinking, yeah, he's athletic, but I'm, I'm thinking it's more going to be very minimal what they can do with what he does but they expanded it they made it a lot different i've got to give them credit they they surprised me and i eat my words i'm happy to be wrong they really proved me wrong and went all out with the second match it was completely just totally opposite of last time right just different things. and not just the result but yeah they did a, a ton of different moves from that first one so it really was really good L- last word on that match lots of people think that's archer's best match as of right now i mean he you know uh, certainly in his New Japan run as, as uh, in singles, I would have to agree from what I I've seen. I have to agree. Yeah. It was an amazing match. I really loved it. Uh, the next match was Evil and Fale. Not much to report on this, although the, the result was a surprise as Fale uh, hit a low blow and then his version of the Razor's Edge and got the victory. So right off the bat, we're like, wow, that's... Two, two surprising, surprises right yeah, out <laughs> surprising finishes there. Then I thought ZSJ versus Sonata was really, really good. Lots of reversals right in the beginning. Oh, yeah. I love when sequences are so smooth and neat like that. Very creative. I, I loved ZSJ. Perfect heel work. He was uh, toying with the 20 count with uh, the, the Japanese ring announcer who's great because he's so serious about his job. And he's doing his count. And ZSJ is toying with him. And uh, just as... Uh, he hits 19, which, go ahead and give me the 19. 19? 19! Actually, it's more, like, urgent than that. Yeah. It's like, 19? <laughs> I can't do it. CSJ just looks at him, flips him off, and then crawls back into the ring. Uh, Sonata, of course, did the Paradise Lock, but did it a little different as he wrapped Saber around the bottom rope. Let me ask you, did this make you like the Paradise Lock anymore, or you still hate it just as much? I don't like it, especially, I think... Again, it comes down to the stupidity of, of booting him in the butt. Yeah. You know, I could I could live with it if you dropped an elbow or something. The little kick to the ass is just silliness to me. And he but, but it was a little so much better. time yeah. before he gets there. Some people really do truly hate that move. I know there's a few other people who yeah, hate I'm not it. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm I, know not a you fan. I know you're not. Uh, Sonata won after a uh, series of reversals. I don't know if that was a surprise. It's not a surprise because I think Sonata's going to do great in this G1 it's not the person who I really want to win or anything, but I think he's going to have a really high point value at the end. So, And yeah. uh, Sabre was irate at the end and uh, went to attacking the ref, which was good stuff. Great character well. work, like usual, by ZSJ. Uh, the match that I thought was probably second best of the night, uh, although you know, it left me wanting more, too, was Ibushi and Kenta. And before the match even started, this was Red Shoe's first match of the night. Yeah. It was insane how over he was. He was high-fiving fans as he came down the ramp. Uh, then he got a cheer from the crowd. At one point, they started chanting Red Shoes, Red Shoes, and yeah. he's doing bows to the crowd. I love Red Shoes. Kind of, kind of like a, a, a sheepish smile on his face. Like, why am I getting so much attention? Yeah, I love him so much. I got to say, there's one word to describe this match. Stiff! <laughs> I mean, man, Kenta, those kicks... Everything so stiff. Well, I, seeming at least. I talked about the cheers for Red Shoes. Uh, the ovation for Kenta was awesome, and we talk about it sometimes where you can tell, you know, because these guys are performers. But there's times you can tell something gets to them, and I think Kenta was truly moved and kind of took it all in when the crowd went crazy for him when he came to the ring. I think that 
is accurate as hell because it just seemed like it meant a lot to him you could just tell the aura around him and even afterwards like when he won which i'm glad he did i think that was the right move mm -hmm. because yeah abushi's a great big star for them but i think this was an awesome thing to have kenta go over one of new japan's biggest stars it just shows you how serious they're taking kenta not only in their promotion but in the g1 and to do it in the united states kind of a, maybe a little dig to to NXT and the WWE to have him go over one of the biggest stars on the first night of the G1 on American soil. I thought there was something to that as well. Uh, you talked about the stiffness in this match. Some of the kicks from Kenta were just brutal. I mean, Ibushi looked legit, like, <laughs> hurt at some points, like, oh. Uh, and the, the also the kick when uh, Ibushi tried to do the high cross body over the rope. Uh, I thought Ibushi got hurt there because he kind of oh, yeah. acted like he might have been hurt. Uh, I, I, I'm sure it was selling. In fact, he's gonna, pretty good at selling. We're going to so. talk about uh, a supposed injury, you know, and selling here in a minute and another, in the other promotion. But, uh, you're right. Ibushi does sell, uh, pretty well. So hopefully that was nothing. And Kenta got the GTS to get the win and, uh, yelled I'm back, which I thought was a big, big statement as well. Yeah. I just felt like there was a lot of respect shown towards him at the end of the match from the audience from everyone involved and it was just it was cool to see like it, it felt like we were in there with him in terms of experiencing the emotion there in the building it was a special thing to witness with him getting the win i just know it meant a lot to him and everyone could tell that so i gotta laugh um as i'm looking at our notes for uh, there's so many misspellings well, is that what you mean no yeah well the autocorrect on the phone because i'm rapidly typing trying to watch we uh, forgot our notebook yeah, yeah. so i'm t typing it on the, the notepad function on my phone but i'm only kind of half <laughs> yeah. paying attention so uh, on one of these things uh tanahashi autocorrected to trabajando so apparently he's a Mexican wrestler now or something. Yeah, and what is Cloud Bear Falls for fantasy? <laughs> two Cloud Bear Falls, well, near falls, obviously, for, two, I don't know who's Two close fantasy. near falls for, I'm oh, guessing, Tanahashi? I'm guessing Okada, because it's Well, it wasn't voice text, so I guess it's not Tanahashi. Yeah. What rhymes with fantasy? What's close to fantasy? I don't know if it's Okada or Tanahashi, so this note here is pointless. Well, <laughs> I have no idea. Two, two near falls for who? Who's fantasy? I, I'm pretty sure that's probably for Tanahashi. Yeah, I think so. Would be too. my guess. But let's. Our, our crazed notes, I can't even wait to see what our impact notes look like because I, I use the same app for that too, and, and we had more to drink at impact. Uh, yeah. The crowd pop for Okada, I thought, was awesome. I thought it was kind of like dueling pops. It was. I thought people but, were torn. But, I mean, the initial Okada entrance. I, people love that entrance mm -hmm. in the U.S. Really anywhere, even in, back in Japan, people love it. But, like, I feel like I could feel the energy. I know there's people there specifically who had never seen Okada live, and they told me afterwards how much it meant to them. So it's kind of cool when you're in the building with people who are so hyped to see this for the first time, and you could feel that energy. Uh, Okada kind of dominated early, then uh, Tanahashi had his thing. That high fly flow to the floor at one point, that was my favorite part. You know, we've been critical of Tanahashi in the past, kind of looking, I say the word stiff, I used that in the last little review about the Kenta match, but I mean it in a different way. Right. Stiff as in, can't move as well, 
kind of getting older, just not as fluid in his movements. But he did not look stiff at all in this match. It's like he's back to his former glory, and it lived up to all the previous Tanahashi Okada matches. Tanahashi looked great in this match, and that high fly flow, beautiful. Another one of my funny notes here. A uh, pretty drop kick and tombstone by Plaza. <laughs> Who's <laughs> Plaza? Obviously Okada. Is, obviously is Okada. Yeah. Best drop kick in the business. Of course. And then the tombstone. I just can't believe Okada turned to Plaza. It's so weird. <laughs> it is funny. Uh, Okada gets the tombstone and the Rainmaker for the win. And uh, he he talked to the crowd in English. It was funny. He kind of started in Japanese. And he's like, oh, no, not Japanese. Yeah. You know? And then he talked in American or English and uh, gave a good speech, I thought. Before we wrap up on the New Japan Review, I want to know your overall thoughts of the show and your final grade of the show. Um, what did I say? I think I said, did I say an A minus when we I did our, our spare have. change? Uh, I, I think it's right on that A minus B plus range. I thought it was a really what? good show. A B plus. I said on the edge. I'm, I'm going to stick with the A minus though. But why is it close to a B plus? I thought it was flipping wonderful. It was great. It was fantastic. I thought both shows we went to this weekend were fantastic. I had the most but fun I don't, ever. I don't want to just give out A's. What gets an A? I don't know. What has gotten an A? I don't know. I guess I'd have to give that some thought. It was an A minus show. It was great. What's an A plus show? I don't know. Think about it. Uh, Tell me at the end of the show. What's an A plus for you? I don't know. You You can't. You've got to know. You've got to know one example so we can measure this against that. I will come up with it at some point or I'll tell you the next time I see an A plus show, I'll let you know. You've already seen one probably. I'm sure I have, but I don't. I need to know this. The viewers need to know and the listeners. They do. Well. To gauge what an A minus means. They're out of luck. My brain's fried. Whatever. (laughs) I'm going to go with an A plus. I had a great time. The crowd was awesome. The matches were incredible, especially Osprey and Archer. I don't know. That blew my mind. It did. Really knocked my socks off. It did. It was really good. It was. It was awesome. I really loved that night, and it was extra fun. We got to mention we hung out with our great friends Anthony and Olivia. I love seeing them. That was the best. Yep. we had the best burgers ever that day. Rodeo Goat. Yeah, Rodeo yeah, if go, Goat. If you go to Dallas, go to Rodeo Goat. It's in the Market Center area. And, uh, man, some crazy concoctions with burgers. But, man, were well, they good. And Community Brew, uh, Brewing Company is right down the street. You can get yourself a delicious Mosaic IPA right down the street. That's like your favorite IPA. It is my favorite. Yeah. Yes. That so there and, you go. That and Cigar Cities are my two favorite, probably. I don't have a favorite IPA. I've only taken sips of some, yes. but I have favorite other beers, like, you know, well, you Lazy like, Magnolia, well, Southern Pecan. Well, and you like that, uh, speaking of Dallas, you like the one from Brain Dead. Brain Dead, yep, they've got a honey lager. Amazing. If you're ever in the Dallas area, guys, check that one out. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I just think, just thinking about WrestleMania being in Tampa and all the Cigar City highlights, I'm going to Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's very exciting. Another thing to mention about Dallas is a lot of their beers have honey in them. We kept noticing that there were a lot of honey lagers, and apparently someone told us that, you know, Texas, especially south, southern Texas, southern, southern Texas, <laughs> what is wrong with my speech, is known for, you know, honey. Yeah. So that's why there's a lot of beers with honey in them. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of cool. And we I liked all, a lot of them, too. We also spent some time up in Denton and had fun up there, too. I got uh, a honey lager up there. Yeah, yeah, that's what made me think of it as we watched the uh, U.S. women win the World Cup at a place up in Denton, Texas. So a fun trip. That was uh, Sunday afternoon. And then Sunday night, we made our way back to Dallas. For Impact Slammiversary, that was at Gilly's Bar. Uh, cool little venue. Of course, 
it, it reminded me being a Red Sox fan of Fenway because there was a pillar right in front of us. There was that like that really made me not enjoy the show as much as the New Japan show. It was a great show. People were like, it's one of the best shows of the year. I was like, ah, I don't know if it was the pillar or what, but it didn't. <laughs> I did not feel like that Impact show was the best. No, I thought it was really, really good. Uh, Higher or lower than New Japan? Uh, I'll put it slightly lower. Like I'll Man. I'll also put it at that B plus A minus range, but I would put the G one ahead of it. I'd put it at just a B. Yeah, see, that's a big disparity from A plus to B. I don't know. I just did not enjoy it like everyone else did. Well, it was good, but I just I wasn't blown away. There's a lot of sloppy stuff. It just maybe it's because I didn't get captured a lot, or maybe it's because of the pillar. I don't know, or the viewing angle. I loved. We'll get to it later. The main event, of course, Sam McCallahan versus Tessa Blanchard making history. Basically, the first intergender main event. Yes, in a big promotion. In a big promotion. So yeah. that was incredible. I loved every second of it. Uh, Tessa, it was awesome. And I think the finish was perfect. We'll and, get into and that. And the crowd was great. I think that's a perfect building for that kind of promotion or Ring of Honor. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a perfect size venue. Uh, other, uh, other than the pillars, <laughs> you know, not bad on the sidelines anywhere. Overall, I say B because I really didn't enjoy it from bottom to top. But the last two matches were A+. Well, if you just took those away, I'm going to go a lot deeper than that because I thought there was I thought there was a lot of depth in that show. I can't uh, believe you're rating it the same as the New Japan show. It was good. I said I just, slightly below. I just listen, don't know. Listen, I said slightly below. Yeah, it's, it's uh, still in the same realm. Started with the X Division Open cha- Challenge, and uh, we love Willie Mack. I do love, and Willie he Mack. was so good. Uh, the the stomp off the top, and then the the, the monster chop as well. Oh yeah, the he chop. had some monster chops, and they just echoed. But yeah, that was that was fantastic. Yeah. And then the uh, oh, the insane corkscrew. Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. The springboard to all, yeah. the, all three by uh, Miguel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was unbelievable as well. Nuts. Some crazy athletic stuff in this, and that was no surprise. I was really, really happy to see Willie Mack get the win because he's a personal favorite. Although my friend Trace says everyone's my favorite, so who really well, is my is real true. favorite? That is true. My friend Trace is like, if Kelsey, if everyone's Kelsey's favorite. Are they really any of them really are her favorites? <laughs> right. I was like, I don't know. Well, he's also said said in the past, uh, other than Roman Reigns, who do you truly dislike? <laughs> There's a that few. list is short, too. It is short. Yep. I uh, guess I just love everybody, for the most part. Tai Chi and Roman Reigns, basically. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> are the only ones. Uh, next match was that triple threat for the tag team, uh, Rascals, LAX, and the new champions, the North. Uh, one of the things I noticed early on, and this probably dates back to some of their time in PWG as well, uh, the Rascals really just work so well together as a tag team. They do. They're they're really great. Got some great chemistry going. Uh, I loved when uh, Ethan Page tossed Wentz from the top rope onto the pile of people. I thought that was an incredible uh, moment in the match. Uh, Page, you know, he's a good wrestler. Uh, he just needs more personality, I think. Uh, but I, I think I think he is probably deserving of a tag team title run in the yeah. North, but uh, I just need a little more from him somehow. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you know, somebody was, he was asking whose podcast he should be on, and people were like, Two, uh, Two-Face Wrestling Talk, you know, it's fun, it's light, it's different, it's got pop culture stuff, and he's like, light, yeah, I want to do that. That <laughs> sounds great. And he was being all sarcastic. Well, they're like, fine, we won't interview you then. If you don't like our creativity and all that. So the other, yeah. So the other moment in this match, and it's either great selling or it's really being buried one way or the other. 
Uh, there comes a moment in the match where Santana goes off the turnbuckle, lands on the ramp, grabs his knee, and chants, or chants, screams FFF three times and then rolls off the ramp. Then Conan goes over and looks at him, yells at the announce booth and, and, the, and the ringside table that they need help, and he puts up the X sign. And they come out. Uh, meanwhile, the match ends. North wins. The Rascals come over and help Santana off. Santana looks visibly upset. The Rascals look really concerned. But then I'm hearing that it may be storyline because they're exiting. Other people are saying the injury is legit. They are scheduled to wrestle this weekend. <laughs> well, and we haven't seen any tweets or anything saying that the match this weekend is canceled. Right. So it's either they haven't tweeted that out or, or advertised that it's canceled, or we're just not looking in the right places, or it's still going on. Right. I don't know. I really don't know. It's hard to say. And in fact, I saw a tweet from Santana saying he was going on vacation. When is he coming back? I don't know. That was like just today. So I don't know. <laughs> so I'm thinking it now. I mean, look, if if it was selling and it's kind of I'm kind of leaning towards it being selling. He did an amazing job because I when I saw it, I tweeted it immediately because I thought it was legit. It looked like he landed awkwardly. The way he said FFF and yeah. rolled out and it just was really, and everyone seemed confused in the ring. Right. And then if you remember, this is something that probably nobody saw when they were helping him out of the ring. Uh, they let go of holding him for a second, and he almost, like, tumbled over. Yeah. Like, he couldn't walk by himself. Right. Usually a wrestler might, like, if they let go of him, and he's not really hurt, and he's just selling, he might, like, limp a little bit, but still walk back. Right. He almost looked like he was about to tumble over for real. Right. And I don't know if the camera caught that, but I saw it in person. Yeah. So, again, if he was selling, kudos to you, Santana. You had me completely sold. Uh, if you are hurt, well, I hope you get better. <laughs> Unrelated, I love Santana, and I think LAX is probably one of my favorite tag teams ever. Yeah, they are fantastic. Speaking of teams that work really well together. Uh, next match was uh, Killer Cross versus Eddie Edwards. I thought this was just a picture of brutality. So, so many hard spots in this match. Yeah, a lot of people are really high on Killer Cross. They're mm-hmm. thinking he's going to be a big, big star. I mean, he's already pretty big for the promotion, but I think people are, are saying they're gonna, he's going to get better and better and bigger and bigger and higher and higher on the card. Just some brutal spots in this, especially the Edwards powerbomb onto the floor, onto the apron. Uh, or, I'm sorry, the say, cross pow- uh, was the onto the apron. Edwards was slamming cross onto the floor. So it's important to know that this was a first blood match. Right. So whoever blood... Blood. Whoever bled first was the loser. Um, I swear to you, I thought I saw blood on Killer Cross before the end of the match. Like, on his back. I was like, is that blood? <laughs> See, that's the danger with these type of matches. Anything, you could have even an redness. Right. I mean, what if there is a legit accident? <laughs> I always think about with these first blood matches, like, what if something happens on accident? <laughs> like, somebody just gets a nosebleed. Oh, you lost, and it wasn't supposed to happen or something, you know? It's kind of funny. But yeah, uh, Edwards ends up breaking a kendo stick in half and jamming the pointy end, you know, basically right onto Cross's head and mouth and yeah. face yep. all over him. Uh, and yeah, he was the first one to bleed, so Cross loses, which I'm actually surprised that it went that direction. Yeah, I kind of am too, if Cross is going to get the push. But Cross definitely got the uh, the 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 uh, impression, I think, that, 
that he needed in this match, and it was a good one. I can't wait to talk about this next match for the promo leading into it alone. Yeah, the the the, the RVD. RVD. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. RVD, how high are you when you were doing that promo before the match? Man, he just couldn't get through it. It did not seem like. Well, and his eyes were so red. I know. Yeah. He was like talking, and he was at one point he was like saying something. I can't remember what he said, but then he was like, "Oh, I I'm sorry." Like he apologized because he messed up in what he was supposed to say or something. It was very weird. I'd have to go back and listen to it to find out exactly what he said, but we both thought he was high as hell. Yeah, I totally did. Uh, overall, I thought he looked decent. He's not a kid anymore, and, and Moose continues to impress me. Some of his kicks in particular look really good. I like his finishing kind of flip spear. I think that's kind of a neat move, too. I will say on Twitter, I saw some people saying they thought this was kind of like a mediocre match. I, like you, thought RVD did way better than I thought because the last few times he had wrestled when I actually watched him quite a bit was his last run in WWE. And I did think his last run was kind of like lackluster towards the end. So to me, he looked better than the end of his WWE run last time. So I was impressed because I thought he, he looked like more like old RVD than last WWE run RVD. But Musa uh, got the win. Uh, the next match I might actually contend was the match of the show. It was really good. It, I don't it, think it was better I, than I think it was, the main event. I think no it was, way. I think it was probably top two, and this is why I said at the beginning of the show the women stole because obviously Tessa, Tessa and Sammy, and then this monstrous ball match between Valkyrie, Havoc, Suyin, and Rosemary had it all. I thought it was great. It was a chance for them to show some of the br- brutality that the guys get to do, the use of the... Uh, the staple gun, even though that's kind of a ridiculous thing. It's still, it still looked good, especially when she stapled the impact poster to Sue's head. This made me really amped up for Havoc versus Havoc, basically in August. It's going to be an incredible match. It's not an impact, right. but Jimmy Havoc will be facing Jessica Havoc, and it's going to be incredible. What a hardcore match that will be. Intergender uh, as well, of and, course. And she had that great move on Valkyrie where she... Uh, she dropped her onto the chair with an elbow drop that was that was really impressive, and then uh, Valkyrie hit <laughs> goes, "Hey, you bitches!" and hits uh, Sue and Rosemary with a ladder and drops uh, onto the ladder. Drops yeah. uh, drop drops <laughs> Sue Young onto the ladder. Uh, I like how it says rosemary duplexes instead of suplexes. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, that, that's that suplex of rosemary on, of Sue onto the ladder from the top rope was quite the spot. Yeah, that was. There was some good spots in this. I just really liked the main event story better. Uh, this, you know, gimmick matches are easy to be really good, but it was cool because it was a women's gimmick match and it was a hard, hardcore one. So to me, they did well with what they were delivered to do. They exceeded what they were supposed to do. Well, and it was a great match, but it just wasn't my top match. of the. I show. mean, what women's promotion have you seen? Major promotion where tax were introduced. None, really. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy when they... Who got their face slammed in? Was that Rosemary got her face slammed into yeah, the Yeah, Valkyrie stomped Rosemary's face Oh, that was into the nuts. Tent. But Rosemary was the one that introduced the tax, and the crowd started chanting, you sick F, and she just got this big grin. Like, yeah. she loved... Well, she, she actually pointed to herself and said, yeah, yeah. shook her head yes. <laughs> kind of, yes. Kind of like when, That's uh, me. when Moxley got the you sick F chant. And he bowed. And he took a bow. Yes, yeah. exactly. Just they like embrace that. embrace it. Uh, Valkyrie, it would, I mean, Rosemary took a beating in this between the face first and the attacks, and then she basically got rock bottom through a table. Uh, Havoc would pile drive Sue onto the attacks from the top rope, which was incredible, but Valkyrie would hit her with a chair and steal the pin. Why don't you like her? Who? Valkyrie. 
I don't dislike her. She's You're like, like, she's okay. She's, uh, she's decent. But I think she's awesome. I love her. But I think Rosemary and Sue are awesome and Havoc's awesome. So I like Sue and I like the whole idea of the mandible claw, but it's just so unbelievable. Her outfit to me is what kills it for <laughs> me because it's like she's wearing this torn up bloody sheet, but you could see like her gym shorts underneath. <laughs> to me, it's like, like have some kind of like matching like bloody undergarments not <laughs> undergarments but like you know shorts underneath that look bloody like the top because you could just clearly see their athletic shorts it takes me out of it and like the bloody glove is a little unbelievable too seeing the shorts underneath like it just doesn't tie together it needs to be changed a little okay. i love the bridal thing i love her song in yeah. fact we we forgot how much we loved her her yep. entrance music yeah, rosemary and sue yuns are two of my favorite entrance musics in all of impact <laughs> yeah all of impact to me as a whole they don't have the greatest entrance music. No. But, like I said, they particularly have good music out of all of Impact's music. Uh, Swan and Impact, which uh, rumors are, are Impact's contract is up as well. So Johnny Impact. Yeah, Johnny Impact. So we'll see what happens with him. Uh, I thought this was a, a, a good match, but it, it was almost kind of a, a come-down match after how good the Monsters Ball I was. Well, I agree with you on that, actually. I did like the Monsters Ball match better than this match, but I think it's because Johnny doesn't excite you and me. I feel like we've talked about this before. He's athletic. He's really smooth, really impressive. He's got the, the look everyone thinks of when they think of a wrestler, like, you know, the traditional sense of a wrestler. But to me... His personality doesn't excite me, but I do like him better as a heel, and he was definitely working as a heel. So, so that gives him a little something. But overall, even with that, he's not my favorite. I love the Rich Swan lightning strikes and kicks, which kind of set things up, and he got the finish off of the top rope. Elgin and Cage. Uh, I was very excited about it. Uh, we were kind of in the minority cheering for Big Mike. Well, I mean, yeah, there was all that scandal stuff, yeah. you know, so people really love to hate Big Mike at this point. The video package to set things up, I thought was great. It was It was really wonderful. well done. Yeah, they had some good video packages, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Usually I'm not a fan of some of their packages, but but for Slammiversary, I gotta say, I give them a thumbs up for what they did. And I gotta say, this is my second favorite match of the night. Monsters Ball would have to be the third, but it's very close, second and third, but yeah. I just thought... Okay, Elgin and Cage are like two huge brutes going at it. And when they ran into each other to begin the match, right when the bell rang, oh my god. I even said in our spare change video that we recorded right after the show was over live, we said, man, that was like Clash of the Titans wrestling edition. (laughs) Like, you know, the movie Clash of the Titans, old school. Mm -hmm, Of course. Yeah, really bad. Harry Hamlin. Yes, bad claymation and stuff. (laughs) I think that's what it was. Yeah. It was terrible. It was. But <laughs> this match was not terrible. But it was like two titans meeting up, and those guys are monsters. But the cool thing is, and I've said this time and time again, they're agile. And that's what impressed me. Like, when Mike had Cage up in the air and did a razor's edge, I was just blown away. Because you know how freaking big Cage is? Well, I mean, how about Cage with a springboard DDT, a 619, and a falcon arrow? Uh... Elgin later in the match with a deadlift power bomb. I know. And they were flying. Everything was just so cool. Cage did a flip over the top I rope. Know. I mean, it's just, you know. So power, but agility well, mixed together. I mean, I even wrote it down. Ridiculous athleticism for these two big guys. It's, it is just ridiculous. Uh, and Elgin hit that buckle bomb, uh, but Cage would get the sit down pin. And then uh, Elgin went on the attack afterwards. So 
clearly this is not going to be the last time they go after each other. I hope not. <laughs> I want to see it again. I'd uh, see it as many times as they wanted to show it to me. And it was I, awesome. I love this storyline where Elgin and uh, Callus are mixing it up, and Callus was about to get his butt kicked by Elgin. Uh-huh. It's ironic because, you know, Don Callis doesn't bump for just anybody. Like, he talks about on his podcast about how he, uh, you gotta, you know, I don't just bump for anybody and you gotta measure your bumps and all this stupid stuff. Uh, but he'll bump for Omega and Jericho, and uh, now he'll bump for Big Mike. So I think this is a lot about how much he likes so he Michael was, Elgin. He was about to pile drive him, and then a mystery man came in and speared Elgin. We'll have to see who the mystery man was. I haven't seen any speculation online on who that was, so I don't know. Uh, all right, main event, Callahan versus Tessa, intergender, great video package to come to the ring. Tessa comes to the ring with her own baseball bat. I love everything about this match. Everything about it. I love her entrance. I love Sammy being all impatient and, like, rolling his eyes at her entrance. Like, come on, <laughs> get this over with. Like, you're nothing. You're, not, yeah, you, you're stupid. You're a girl. Yeah, come you're on. a girl. You, we don't need this entrance. Like, it just, his face screamed that to me. It was awesome. Well, and I love early on Tessa says, screw you, Sammy, before she hits two suicide dives on the third one. Yes. Callahan catches her and just ragdolls her into the barricade. And that's when I was like, all right, this is not that I thought it was going to be a delicate match, but this was like, all right. He's, he's going to hammer her some. But no, but she hammered him too. I mean, right. like, it was so awesome. And you know that cutter on the ramp uh-huh. on the outside? Like, that was nuts. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was just amazing. Uh, ref gets knocked out and Sammy hits her with a bat. Which I like he, how he didn't help hold back or anything. Nope. Like, they actually went there. I think it was cool because I think that people get uncomfortable with men and women fighting in the ring because they equate it with, like, domestic violence. But... When you're thinking about an athletic competition, if you think of it like any other match, they're not treating, like, Callahan was not treating Tessa like a woman. He was treating her like an equal. Mm -hmm. That's why he was okay with using the bat on her. So to me, it's like a compliment that he used the bat on her still in the match story-wise. So I feel like that's, like, respectful in a way. It's showing that, to him, she's a contender that he must hurt to beat. Right. He thinks he has to go the extra mile and use that bat. And the bat comes back into play a little bit later. Tessa's bat, though. Right. She spits on Sammy and low blows him with the bat. Yeah. Sam- and I love this touch, too. Sammy hits a pile driver on her, and she kicks out and takes a second one to finally put Tessa away. I thought that was that was a good touch, too. Took more than one, exactly. Yep. Uh, and, and then my favorite whole part was after the match was over, when she's kind of laying there, and she just looks distraught, like, and spent. Her face looks she's, like, about to cry. But it, it looked like almost like, uh, oh, man, I didn't do it, but also like a happy kind of cry in a right. way. I could be reading way too much into this, but it was just perfect like a, a proudness at the same time even with the loss and the stinging of you know losing against Sammy all that I think was conveyed with her body language and her facial expression then you know Callahan kind of looks at her grabs her bat you think he might hurt her but he shows her the ultimate respect and hands her the bat and like nods his head and he walks out and lets her be the last person in the ring and then she gets chance from the audience being like Tessa Tessa it was just so powerful I don't know it was awesome no it was a I really thought it was a really good show and that's, that's wh- why it was my favorite match that's why I thought it was comparable in a grading wise to G1 even though the shows and the match types were completely different which is why I thought it was such an in- intriguing weekend of two huge shows, but that were both kind of different. And look, 
I wish we had more time for Impact. I wish, you know, I wish their pay-per-views didn't cost what they cost because a show like they put on Sunday showed that they do have great talent yeah. and can put on a good show, but they're buried on a network we can't get. And, yeah, I know we can find it somehow, but how much work do we want to go into it? And then, again, the prices of the pay-per-views have been outrageous. And so... You know, I I would plead with Impact, bring the price down because you've got a product that I think you should get out to the public more. I mean, the funny thing is, Callahan, he is one of my favorites. I'm not just saying that to say it. He truly is a favorite of mine. I've been saying that for like, what, a year and a half now? Mm -hmm. Very, very long time. But we hardly ever watch him anymore. Yeah. But this reminded me how much I truly love him. I wish I saw more of him. No, I do too. And Tessa and Rosemary and Sue and, you know, I mean... Eddie Edwards is crazy. I'm intrigued by Killer Cross's ascent. I think Moose has some talent. So there's definitely talent there. I think it's cool there. Big Mike being there, too. Yeah, so, absolutely. Like, no one else will really have him. But I think <laughs> it's he can do some cool stuff with people on the roster. Like I said, Brian Cage, I, I kind of enjoy. I know some people don't like him, but I, I do like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, especially when they let him do the athleticism. The whole thing is Callis had this whole philosophy. I heard him talk about on Killing the Town podcast. That's his podcast. He's talked about in the past how he's told cage you know you're a big man don't just fly for like fly all the time don't just bump for anybody you got to measure those things out and i think that's cool but i think what makes cage different i could see where Kals is coming from but what makes cage different is that he can fly he is the big guy with the athleticism and that's what i think separates him from every other big man ever so to me utilize it use it i agree yeah i agree and so uh, good work by Impact. Uh, glad we got a chance to stick around in Dallas because we originally were just going to go to the G1, but had reason to stay, and uh, glad we did. Yeah, me too. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, let's move ahead to this weekend and two uh, big shows, and one we'll get to after the break, but we're going to talk a little WWE here. Uh, Extreme Rules. Uh, one of the things I want to get off to real quickly, playing off of SmackDown, was... Uh, for weeks, we've had this, who is Aleister Black going to face? And instead of waiting to the pay-per-view, they revealed it in the interview on Thursday. Why couldn't it have been a surprise reveal at the arena? Why do they do anything they do? <laughs> well, I don't know. I just thought, I'm like, just have Cesaro's music hit at the pay-per-view. Like, have Black come down to the ring, sit doing his sit in the middle of the ring, and everybody going, all right, who's he going to face? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like a misstep that they did. And another one is you've got Kevin Owens cutting some of the best promos ever, yet I don't see him having a match unless we just missed the announcement. He doesn't have an official match at this show. No, I mean, I'm assuming they're building for a future match, again, with KO and Ziggler, or they're going to add this add it to the pay-per-view. As of when we're recording this, it's not on the card. But right. um, obviously... It seems like they're building something, or they're building something else. We'll get to KO's promo in a second, and we'll discuss that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, what do you like as you look at this match card? I like two matches jump out at, at blah, blah, blah. two matches jump out at me right away. One being Ricochet versus AJ Styles should be incredible. Both guys very athletic. Two of my favorites in the ring, and I just think it's gonna be 
jaw-dropping. I agree. With the athleticism, you know? I, I wish they hadn't gone so much already on Raw. Again, it's, they've given away too much of this. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'll be interested to see what they do in that United States Championship. I'm hoping it'll be long. Yeah. I but hope- they never do long matches when I want it. So <laughs> I'm not going to get my hopes up about the length too much. But other match that jumps out, Kofi versus Samoa Joe. Can't you wait. know how much I love Samoa yep, Joe. me too. And Kofi's been a great babyface champion. So I think this should be a really cool match, a really cool interaction between the two of them. Dichotomy. I, I'm going to like it. Uh- and uh, honorable mention real quick, I do want to see how black versus cesaro unfolds i, I mean two great right I, I, I think it should be a really good match i just think they blew the surprise yes i agree with you uh, look i'm actually intrigued on a lot of matches revival versus usos uh the smackdown tag team uh triple threat match i think could be really good the last man standing between Strowman and Lashley could be intriguing because how are they going to top the whole LED board thing? Yeah. Because this this match obviously is going to go everywhere. I feel like the pay-per-view match needed that, the, the LED thing. Yeah. Now what? Yeah, I you know. know. I, I don't know. Uh, basically, one's going to have to kill the other. You know what I just thought of? The ooze booze because I don't like them. Booze. <laughs> yeah. I hate them. Whatever. <laughs> I hate the Usos. Whatever. Ooze booze. <laughs> I'm down since day one-ish. Oh, God. Well, I'm down since day one, period, which means I'm for the Briscoes who wear the shirt down since day (laughs) one. That's true. Uh, Finally, before we go to commercial. Or since day one. We know know what the main event's going to be. What do you think of this mixed tag, winner take all? Hate it, hate it, hate it. (laughs) I I hate it. I don't like... I don't like Becky and Seth on camera together. I think it's awkward. Not because they're a couple on camera, because that's happened many a times. It's their chemistry. I don't feel it. I think it's very what about cringy. The, what about the match itself? Don't care. I don't care about Corbin. I don't care about Lacey Evans teaming together. I don't care. Right. There's nothing about that match that makes me care. Do you care? Mildly, just because it's a winner take all. I just but other care. than that, no. Not really. No. No. I... I, I Look, if I'm booking it, obviously I'm putting Kofi and Samoa as the main event. But yeah, me too, but they're not going to do no that. No chance. No yeah, chance. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Kofi should be booked like a champion and given respect. He should be the main event, but he's not going to be. Not- they, they constantly book the Universal title as the main event. There's no doubt about yeah, that. So. Which is weird because the WWE title is really the main title. Yeah, but, yeah whatever. But, but, whatever, indeed. Uh, so that's going to do it for our first segment. When we come back, we turn our attention to AEW and the show we will be at in Jacksonville this weekend, Fight for the Fallen. And we interview the creator of our logo and so much amazing artwork, Eric Hodson, and tell you how you can win some of his work for yourself. Two-Face Wrestling Talk is proud to be sponsored by Wrestling Travel. Check them out on Twitter at Wrestling Travel. Also go to their website, wrestlingtravel.org, to find out about all the exciting travel packages, including a travel package to All Out, which includes four nights hotel stay, StarCast Platinum Bracelet, and a lower bowl ticket across from the hard cam. They also have a very fun Wrestle Kingdom travel package, which includes round-trip airfare, five-night hotel near the Tokyo Dome, lower bowl tickets to both days of Wrestle Kingdom, and guided tours by Being the Elite's fat ass masa come on who wouldn't want to hang out with masa i think that's like the coolest thing they offer you get to have some time with him 
meet him, interact with him. He'll literally be hanging with you. And you'd get to be a part of the first two-day Wrestle Kingdom, which is going to be really special in my opinion. They also have travel packages to WWE events, including WrestleMania 36, which you can sign up for information at WrestlingTravel.org. And they've got packages to the Royal Rumble as well, plus other events too. Check out their website. There are USA travel packages, but also UK travel packages. So whether you live in the UK or where we live in the United States, <laughs> you can find something for you. Also, don't forget they've got a friendly staff that can help you out. DM them on Twitter or contact them through their website. Thanks, Wrestling Travel. And now back to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. Well, you know, we've got that tropical storm Barry in, in the Gulf right now, but Barry can't get us down because we're very excited to be going to fight for the fallen. <laughs> you told me you had something cheesy, and well, you you didn't undersell it. That was cheesy. <laughs> I know. Oh, like little bears. Barry! <laughs> okay. But yes, it can't keep us down. We're traveling to fight for the fallen, and we're super pumped about seeing this show live in person. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, it's not this knock your your socks off card, but it's really good. Uh, I I mean, right off on the pre-show, Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen and Joey Janela versus Sean Spears, Sammy Guevara and MJF. This may be the match I'm looking forward to the most. Me too. Why is it on the pre-show? I know. I hate that it's on the pre-show, but it is what it is. I really wish Havoc would hurry up and get a singles match already so he could show that he's going to shine. And yet again, here he is teaming with Janela and Allen, who both shined on this last pay-per-view, the Fighter Fest show. And I feel like Havoc might yet again be overshadowed and outshined. Not that he's not just as good, if not better, but they're not going to have as many spots for him to make an impression with the audience. So to me, I can't wait for Havoc to have his first singles match, honestly. That way he can shine and people can really find out what Havoc's all about and why he's so special, because he is special. Yeah, he is, and I can't wait to... To see that match, I can't wait to hear MJF on the mic and what he's going to say about the good people of Jacksonville. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be some gold. Because uh, I, in growing growing up in Florida, living close to Jacksonville, I've heard some of the shots about Jacksonville. Uh, people always say, oh, it's, it's basically Birmingham with a beach. Not that there's anything wrong with Birmingham. I like beaches. And I like Birmingham and I like Jacksonville. But so there you go. we'll see how people, uh, or how MJF... Uh, attacks the city of Jacksonville. I'm sure he'll be right on it. Uh, Young Bucks versus Cody and Dustin. I think this could be really cool. I'm very much looking forward to it. I think story-wise, it could be awesome. You might worry about the in-ring work because, you know, Cody's not my favorite in-ring clash guy. Clash of styles, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely clash. But I think it's going to be interesting and entertaining. I think they could pull off something good. Who wins that, do you think? I mean... Cody and Dustin for the feel-good win. That's what I... Part of me says that. Part of me thinks the Young Bucks win it for... Because the, they're a true tag team. Right. Tried and true. Plus, I, I don't know, though. Plus, you know, I, I haven't seen any proof that the Young Bucks are going to let anybody else get over against them, so... Whatever. <laughs> they dropped the belts to the Lucha Brothers. Yes. So not, they not, did. Not in AEW. Not in their promotion. Ever. <laughs> Uh, Omega. You're always attacking my boys. Omega versus Shima. We've seen Shima, of course, in PWG. Yeah. Uh, I think this could and be... And a lot of places, yeah. This could be great. Yeah, it could be an underrated type of match. Uh, Paige and Sabian could be good. Uh, Brandy Rhodes versus no. Allie. I'm not sure about that I'm one. pretty positive it's not going to be good. Wow. No offense to you guys who like Brandy. I don't think Brandy is very strong in the ring. I think she's great as a personality all around. I think she's great business-wise. 
Well, like, I think she's got a great mind, and she's great at cutting promos. She's great in a lot of accounts, but I feel like her in-ring work still needs a lot of work. She could have improved, though. It's been a, a while since we've seen her in the ring for a long period of time, and her spears against guys look really good. Yeah. But, like, you know, I... The it, last, you know, women's match I saw her in, I didn't like very much. When, you know, I would think on the flip side, Allie, you know, her match at the last show, the Fighter Fest, wasn't overly exciting, so she may be looking to really put together a good performance on this show. There's lots of criticism about that Allie match, you know, on that pre-show, like you said. So, yeah, maybe she's got something to prove. Hope so. Uh, the other match I'm truly excited about, because you know how much I love them, the Lucha Brothers yes. against SCU. It should be amazing. I'm guessing you're going to go for the Lucha Brothers. Well, it's tough, but yeah, I got to go with my guys. Yeah, I know. You you have no choice, really. Yeah, though. Whatever. SCU! (laughs) That's what I'll just... I don't really have one that I'm rooting for over the other, but I just want to scream SCU. Of course. SCU and do the U thing. Like, that's ridiculous. Anything else? uh, Yes. Did you want to make a note of? I do want to mention that B... Priestley's first match, it's in AEW. It will be at Fight for the Fallen. We don't know the opponent as of our recording right now. I really like her. If you guys aren't familiar, she's wonderful. And Will Ospreay calls her his missus. <laughs> so, basically, she's Ospreay's girlfriend. If you um, might be familiar with Ospreay kind of touting about his missus, that's her. And they raise but a couple she... adorable pugs together, too. God, yes, they've <laughs> got the cutest pugs, and they're named after Harry Potter characters. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> but I really like them on air as a couple together. They've been in front of the camera quite a few times, unlike Becky Lynch and Seth. I feel like they have got great chemistry on camera, but also off camera. I really love seeing anything about them together. They're really awesome. But more importantly, she's a wonderful wrestler, away and apart from Osprey. She's great. I really like her, and I wonder who she's going to be facing. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Another thing I want to mention, Dark Order. We've talked about them a few times. Lots of people don't really know much about them. Lots of people are not digging the gimmick. They were formerly known as the Super Smash Brothers. They had great matches in PWG, especially against the Young Bucks. That's why they're in this company, I believe, because they've got a long relationship in history with the Young Bucks, and the Young Bucks love them. They also had a wonderful match against the Young Bucks in Ring of Honor. You could find that on Honor Club If you're already an Honor Club member, you can go back and watch it in the vaults. Just search to find out what month and what show it's a part of. All you have to do is say Super Smash Brothers versus Young Bucks. I think it was last summer in Toronto, It was was 2018, yes. Yeah, and I think it was a show in Toronto. It very well could be. So anyway, Dark Order are finally going to be having a match in AEW versus Jack Evans and Angelico versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. That should be really cool. I'm looking forward to it. And the most thing I'm, I'm looking forward to is... Dark Order showing that they can wrestle and be great. And people saying, oh, okay, now that I've seen them wrestle, I buy into them. That's what I'm looking forward to. Because I have no doubt once people see them wrestle, all their doubts about what they're doing with their gimmick will go away. They won't even care. They'll be like, oh, they're great wrestlers. Who cares? Right, exactly. So, yeah. Yep. Should be a great show in Jacksonville. And, of course, we will uh, talk about it next week here on the podcast. Now, uh, AEW has aligned itself with StarCast. And uh, Eric Hodson, the gentleman who has created so much great artwork, including our uh, Two-Faced Wrestling Talk logo and and our StarCast poster from last year, uh, we interviewed him this year at StarCast. We did, and we really enjoyed talking with him. He's done so many great things, including, you'll hear more about in this interview, his Roddy Piper comic book and other projects he's got going on. Really passionate guy, really talented guy. Let's hear what he has to say. 
I'm here with one of my favorite people. I say it every time I see him, Eric Hodson. His artwork is incredible. He's one of the most talented guys I know. And you know, he's got new work coming out all the time. Not only that, he's working on a Roddy Piper comic book. So talk about what you're working on now, Eric, and what are you most excited about? Well, let me try to finish blushing after that great introduction there, Kelsey. Um, yeah, like you said, the Roddy Piper book, it's in full swing. Still on track to be done with uh, all the principal work by the end of the year. Get it bundled up and get it out to all of the people who supported it and get it on the Pro Wrestling Tees website for sale next year. Excited about that. And yeah, I'm doing lots of, uh, we got a lot of irons in the fire. A lot of stuff I can't talk about because we're still working the feelings. But uh, I'm not going anywhere in the, in the world of professional wrestling. And I'm really excited. My new piece that I'm going to debut right here at this show, All Elite Wrestlers. This is a takeoff of New Warriors number one, and I thought it was really appropriate, especially given the fact that this is a brand new company with AEW. Great show last night. I mean, and uh, what, can, what, what can I say? A lot of fun. Yep, and we're going to do a giveaway for this piece. Eric, so nice to let us do a giveaway contest, so stay tuned on the details on that. We're really excited to be, to be able to give some of our followers this print. You have the chance to win. Really nice of Eric. And I love the way it looks. You know, talk about the inspiration behind it, which cover it's based on. And also, you mentioned the show that we're, we're here at StarCast for, yeah. Double or Nothing. What did you think of that, too? Gosh, Double or Nothing really delivered. And I've been telling people, look, for me, there's three favorite matches. Last night, we got all the feelings. We had a really good story between the Cody and Dustin. I mean, I was choking up. I don't know about you. And then we had some amazing acrobatic wrestling with the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. And then Jericho and Kenny basically put on a clinic. That's how you do it as a professional wrestler. Amazing. No spoilers. Ending was terrific. If you haven't seen it yet, go find wherever you can find it. Pay for it. Watch it. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. Like your artwork of All Elite Wrestlers, that comic book cover, which, which issue is that based on? It was New Warriors number one is which I based it on. And what they did was they had all these brand new talent bursting out of this backdrop of old comics. So I put a lot of my old pieces back there, and I get all the elites busting out of it. And I put Christopher Daniels in there because that guy is an elite. Don't let him tell you any different. <laughs> Yeah, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. I really love him. I mean, just such a veteran guy, like yeah. knows knows how to do things in the ring. Another guy that I love, but who's sadly not with us, is Brian Pillman. But you've got a great Pillman piece. Tell me what that is based off of. Uh, that is based off of a Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel book from the 1970s. And it just, the, the original one of it had it broken up into sections, and it was perfect for me to do different sections of his life. So I've got a piece apart in there where he's partnered up with Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Hollywood Blondes era, um, his early uh, kind of going crazy era, and then of course the the, the final part of it, the Loose Cannon uh, era part of it too. A little and a little nod to ECW on his on his T-shirt. So I really tried to capture his entire career in one piece as best as I could. His big feud with Gold Goldust, for example, that's one of the, the sections of it. And I'm really, I'm really thrilled about it. It's one of my favorites that I got to do for StarCast as an exclusive.
It's, it's one of my favorites too, and talk about the other StarCast pieces that you were contracted to do, and working with the StarCast people in general, how's that been? Uh, that's been overwhelmingly wonderful for me. Conrad has been more than generous. Um, working with him is really easy. He lets me do pretty much whatever I want to do. He just tells me, I want you to do these. And for StarCast 2 here, the center column, you can see the Bret Hart sharpshooter at the top, the, the Ric Flair roast, which we didn't get to do, but I was so thrilled with it. And I just met Ron Punches not too long ago and gave him one. He was really thrilled with it too. Uh, hopefully we'll get to have that at the next event. Pillman, which we just talked about, the I Quit match. I had never seen that match before until I got an email saying, hey, I want you to draw something for this. So I had to do my research. I found that match. It's like, ugh, cringeworthy. So if you guys haven't seen that match, Google it. Or if you got the network, it's on the network. That is paying your dues. Yeah. yeah, and of course you're referencing the Tully Blanchard Magnum TA match. Yeah. Really brutal, and I also really like your Sting piece. Talk about that piece. The Sting piece with a tribute to a lot of his different face paints for the behind the paint um, special, and that was a lot of fun together to put together because I got to do a lot of research on him and watch a lot of old matches and try to capture some of his iconic face paints that he's had over the years. Uh, my personal favorite, I, I loved the whole surfer sting. You know, I grew up with that, so uh, that, that was awesome to be able to draw that. And uh, like I said, StarCast and uh, Conrad Thompson, they've just been overwhelmingly great. This is a great show. So when it comes to your neighborhood, whether it's going to be at Chicago for All Out or whatever's going on, get your tickets, get in here, meet some talent, and come hang out with me and everybody else in this fabulous giant family. Yeah, it's really been a lot of fun, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. You've got so many pieces of art, and they're all amazing, but if you had to, if you had to pick one, which would be your ultimate favorite right now, right now? My ultimate favorite is going to have to be the Fantastic Four Horsemen. I got the thing on my wall with all five signatures, and that's, that's like the centerpiece of my collection for my personal stuff. So, yeah, definitely that one, which sold out all weekend, so... Well, that says a lot right there. I really love that piece too. That's a good choice, Eric. I mean, it's really hard for me to pick one at all. I really love them so much. And if you guys aren't aware, you really got to find Eric, invest in his artwork. There's there's not a lot of uh, awareness, I believe, for wrestling artists. I feel like we've got to support the ones that are out there and Eric's the best of the best. So Eric, how can people find you? How can people find your art? Well, the easiest thing to do is to hop on your social medias. And I have this handy little uh, card here. Dreaded Dinosaur is my handle on all social medias. That's named after my webcomic, which is on Webtoon, called Dino Dreaded Dinosaur Man, which I'll hopefully get back to as soon as I'm done with the Roddy Piper comic. But uh, yeah, and you can feel free to DM me on any of these platforms. And uh, you know, I'd love to have uh, a bigger family of customers and fans. And just you know, and I'm always looking for input because I don't have all the best ideas. And I've gotten a lot from people who've just messaged me, hey, you know what would be cool? I love this comic. It would go great with this wrestler or this match. It's my favorite match. Because really what I'm doing with my work is I'm doing a historical survey of professional wrestling, kind of telling the history through classic nostalgia of comic art. And uh, eventually hope to put a, like a hardback book out and we'll do a whole uh, written encyclopedia. <laughs> I can't wait for that day. That'll be 
quite the book and I would totally buy it. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time as always, Eric. Thank you're a pleasure. You. Absolutely. You guys, if you're not subscribed to this podcast, get subscribed to it. It's going places. You heard it from the man himself. Thanks so much. So Eric mentioned a giveaway, and it's for one of his really cool posters, his All Elite Wrestling poster. And to win, what we're going to do is I'm going to have a tweet out after the podcast is released promoting the podcast, but also promoting Eric's Twitter. It'll have his Twitter handle on it. And you guys, to be entered to win, you have to retweet the tweet, like the tweet, and follow Super Kicking It, which is where I'll tweet it from. Also, follow Two-Face Pod. I'll know if you follow both because I run both accounts. <laughs> so, yeah, follow Super Kicking It, S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T, and Two-Face Pod, T-W-O-F-A-C-E-D-P-O-D, and like and retweet the tweet. And, again, the artwork is fantastic. He said he will give away two of those to two contestant winners. So make sure you get your entries in for this spectacular piece of artwork. And you saw in the interview he did some great stuff during StarCast for some of the panels and stuff as well. He is amazing. We still have to place an order with him. He's got, like, that cool Pillman one. Oh, he's got so many cool cool <laughs> oh, artworks. I mean, we could easily spend hundreds of dollars on his I artwork. know. We really love it. We always have it on our set, but we have magnets now. <laughs> but we have them underneath that we've hung them up. You just can't see because yes, our bodies are blocking because my, it. Because I'm too big, but there it is. <laughs> you just have a normal body that's taller than, like, the, uh, the mid-level uh-huh. of the wall. Or I'm fat. One of the two. Shut up. <laughs> no one wants to hear this. <laughs> hey, I'm realistic. I know. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, after Paul's whole little <laughs> tangent thing, we want to thank you guys for spending your time with us. It's really valuable. It means a lot to us. And we want to remind you, right after Fight for the Fallen, make sure you go to uh, our Twitter, Two Face Pod, and we are going to do our Spare Change segment. It'll also be on at Super Kicking It. Yep. And basically what Spare Change is, to people who are unfamiliar, is just like a quick two-minute recap video that plays live. We do it about two minutes because that's all Twitter allows you to do for a video to play in full. Well, and it's the best way to capture our immediate emotions after the show. And then, of course, when we get to the podcast, we go more in depth. But right. it gives us... gives you guys the feel of what it was like to be live because that's when we do these spare changes and it gives us the chance to give like our initial right away like instant reactions which i really think is cool and raw and not a lot of people do that type of thing where they do some quick wrap-ups and the cool thing is a lot of times unless someone tries to kick us out which lots of times they do uh there's a (laughs) ring behind us usually with people going and it's like really cool visually it's neat It, it really is the biggest challenge of doing the spare change these security people at these buildings can't get people out of the building quick enough i mean we literally record these right after and and both in da- both shows in Dallas, we had somebody over our shoulder it's or somebody ready to get us out of the building. It's like, give us two minutes. So for the G1 show, you could see me doing these big eyes like off to the side. It's because this lady came over and she's like, and, and you were like, one minute, like, <laughs> like with your hand. And we thought it might be too distracting, but we went back and watched and... You couldn't really tell we were glaring at the security. And then the one at Gilly's Bar, he was nice enough to let us finish, but literally the second we turned off the phone, he was like, all right, you guys got to get out of here. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I I don't know what... What What do they think we're doing on our phones? Like a 20-minute review, I guess. I guess, or they're just so anxious to get people out of the building. It's ridiculous. I don't know. So, regardless, we will have one of those at... at, Fight for the fall. We will. And those security guards might not appreciate our time, but we are really glad that you guys use your time to spend it with us. 
we really appreciate that. So thank you so much. We're appreciative. Yes. Appreciative. Whatever the heck. I can't speak today. Just ignore all my flubs. So thank you guys so much. Until next week, that's it for us. That's the finish. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.